So wait, hold on. A genuine cold open? Oh, just just talk. I'm really just doing it to re-level Josh. The main thing is, based on our previous recordings from this year, I've only been proven right so far, and you two have only been proven wrong. I would like a little bit of uh, references and sources to back up these claims. Exactly. Because I've got a lot of people who say you're wrong. Cue the intro music. G'day and welcome to Bums on the Bench. My name is Jacko and with me, my two regular co-hosts, Joshua and Andrew. How are we, gentlemen? How long did it take you to think of that one? On the spot. It's just, it's natural. It's like that. Well, yeah, of course it's going to be natural. That's his name. It's on the birth certificate, man. Like, I don't understand. Why Why are we having a conversation over Andrew's natural name? They said, I just want my beautiful baby boy to look hideous and sound gorgeous. And then... God, they got one out of two, right? <laughs> I know, right? They got <laughs> they got the looking hideous part, right? So it's been a little while, gentlemen. And by that I mean two weeks, I think. Yeah, it's been too long. It's been it's been three weeks actually. Has it? Because oh, it's I was been three long. Because of the way I do it now, I cut it all up and it was two episodes for that, and then me and you had to do a preamble to save our ass last week. We did, and it turned into what would turned out to be one of our nicest chats about video games. It turns out when we just talk about something we know really well and really enjoy, great content. And there's no editing required. No, oh, we wow. didn't I didn't have a single C bomb to edit. I didn't have a single racist remark to get out. It was just it was good. It was great. It's clean. It was quick. I'm so proud of you guys. You're doing so well. Which made us realize that you're the problem. Oh, I can leave. <laughs> you're the problem. I, I quite, <laughs> Even quite frankly. everything that's ever been cut has come from Andy and I, when you weren't here, reduced for some reason. No, but we, we have discussed this as well, actually, with the previous season. Whenever you weren't here, it was quite good. It was. Me and Josh just had a nice so Maybe vibe. you're the problem. Maybe it's three of us is the problem. It's It's a combination of a lot of different things. However... You asked for some stats and for some information based on my bold opening this weekend. Yeah. Did you gentlemen watch St. George Laura Dragons last night play the West's Tigers? I saw no. the score. So you didn't, Andy? No, I had more and important you saw things the score. to watch. Yeah. Awesome. Dragons, top eight, confirmed. No. <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> I'm sorry, how did we go last week? Ah, uh, Don't worry about it. That was different. You that played a top eight team last week and you got fucking flogged. Were they full strength last week? Yeah, because it's a charity shield. Oh. First uh, half we were great. Actually, no, they were missing Latrell. Oh, yeah, because he's too busy scoffing donuts Bro, at Krispy Kreme. The Rabbits have been missing Latrell since they signed him, first of all. <laughs> like, okay, so Fair. that doesn't matter. Yep. All, all I'm saying is, and I know that I'm a bandwagoner and I know that I can get overly excited I genuinely think last night was the best 80 minutes the Dragons have played since our grand final win. Here's the, kick, here's the thing. It was a preseason trial. Yep. Yes, it was. And what I saw... Listen, Mr. March Premiership. March <laughs> don't matter. It's the October Premiership that matters and you pricks are never there. We should never get our hopes up in the early seasons. Like I'm with Josh. Do. Kyle Flanagan. Fantastic. Per- okay, so you know what? <laughs> I'm not going to finish that thought. You I mean, shouldn't. <laughs> As it's come out, Are I you feel trying bad. to bait us? A little bit. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, you guys baited me very well the other week. And by baited me, I mean you let me speak for like more than 40 seconds without an interruption. 
And then I yelled. It was a minute and a half, actually, that, that rant. And now a lot of... I've had messages from Queenslanders. Good. Because I'll I tell you I, what, if those fucking illiterate <laughs> could spell, I'd know what they were trying to say to me. You know what? I want to take it back. Queensland's a lovely place because it's not fucking Western Australia. What's happened in Western Australia? $1,300 flights to Western Australia to see the fucking Elimination Chamber last night. $1,300? It cost $1,300 to get a one-way flight there if you wanted to go to watch fucking... How long ahead are we trying to like book this flight? I tried to book this in the week after tickets went on sale. Oh, my God. Like I was just like, yeah, I've got tickets lined up for the show. They're not very good, but I'm going to see what the flights are. And I deleted the ticket straight away because I wasn't spending near that much. Perth sucks. Fuck Western Australia. <laughs> fuck them. We could tow New Zealand closer to us. And fuck off Western Australia. Move Western. And like just not super far away, but like Bridget. I mean, they'd be pretty happy with this. Uh, haven't we heard constantly how they're saying that they could secede from us? And then yeah, you good. saw the wealth they generate from mining that fuck we need. Off. Of? <laughs> fuck off. Well, I don't. I don't like the idea of... Because Australia's only territorial war-fighting loss was in Western Australia. Are you familiar with the... The emu war? The yeah, emu war. keep them fucking off. Then it's their problem. But what I'm saying is, no, no, no. If Then we don't... Ha- we haven't lost to the but emus. But if they find a way to weapon... You're not listening. If they weaponize the emus, we can't stop the Mandy. Yes, we can. We <laughs> cut, <laughs> No, we've tried. Cut down the border. Get a fucking saw, just saw it off and fuck them off into the Indian Ocean. No, I'm with Jack. If they m- turn them into mounts, they could ride them into battle. I've played Power World. I know what these big chickens are capable of, okay? I've fuck seen em. what you can do when you strap a machine gun. Could you gun. imagine like a million emus marching across the desert towards you? It'd be <laughs> terrifying. I don't think I could go with that. Yeah, but for the same price to fly there, you could fly to Japan and just stay there. It's about, Why don't we just go to the wrestling in Japan then? I wanted to. <laughs> At so this stage, on. I haven't been able to book flights there yet. Let me finish my rant, my piece on on the St. George Illawarra premiers. Um, Kyle wait, Flanagan. wait, hold on. Hold on. Oh, wait. Let me finish my piece. The man. St. George Illawarra premiers. I'm calling it 2024. <laughs> I mean, it so is the mind. year of the dragon. It's the year. Thank you, Ian. It is the Chinese year of the dragon. I'd I will like give them like- that. But you're wrong because every time that there is a four... In the year title, the Bulldogs make the grand final and they're on for a win this year. That's because actually a good point. Is that a stat? That is actually <laughs> is a, that stat. a stat. 1984, it was against the Dogs. 2004? 94, 94 and 2004, again, the Dogs were in the final. 2014? No, they were playing the Chookies. Oh, Chooks. And the Chooks fucking lost. That's how I know that. <laughs> 2014, they were in there and they lost, so it's up for a win. Oh my god! I actually didn't realize that was going to be a statistic. It is a statistic, yeah. So I, what, every ten years, they finally have a run. Yeah, from eighty-four onwards. I love magic statistics like that, where it's like the numbers have coincidentally lined up well enough, but there's also like there is no real function to that statistic. Like you can't do science extrapolation from it. However, the superstition statistics are my favorite. There's been a few recently. We've had. One in F1 last year about winning races in a row before something goes wrong was broken. Yes. And that was a big magic one. We've had... We had the Monza curse broken last year as well in Formula 1. Monza curse. I love... Superstition's great. Superstition statistics. When I played footy, I always put my left boot on first because if I did that, I had a good game. Well, no, this is now opening up to a new topic. What are your superstitions? Do you have any that you... Left shoe on first and it's a good day. Um, I'm, I'm serious where, about and that. Where, where you, I'd like to go and more it, into it. It goes back me. to footy days. I used to put my left boot on food first. Food. 
boot and then <laughs> second boot, my right boot on. I feed my left foot first and then I feed my right. Exactly. <laughs> the dogs are hungry. And I thought, <laughs> no doubt that was a game we'd win. That was a genuine. That was a genuine thing. If I put my left boot on first, we'd win. If I if I was like, oh, I'm going to put my right boot on, we'd lose. And then from that day, the after the third loss, I only did my left boot. We kept winning. And how many years have you had this superstition running? Since for I was now? ten. Oh my god! So twenty years. <laughs> yeah. So in your and normal- I always put my left boot left shoe on first. And if I don't, because I'm not thinking, or it's early in the morning, I have a terrible day. There you go. He's answered the question heaps better than what we were going to say, hey. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I want to know about your superstition. Do you have any? I think I do. I don't. He's got to have I a have... wank in the first 30 minutes of the day or it's a bad day. Same. <laughs> I mean, the days where that does happen without me thinking about it are normally better days. It means <laughs> I'm not rushing out of bed for something like I've planned my morning for once. Planned his <laughs> wank. <laughs> Look. All I'm saying is, every self-help book you read says schedule your me time. Schedule your meat time. That's what I said. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the book says, right? I also can't read. Are you Um, from Queensland? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, but I haven't... strike again. I know, right? I have a distinct feeling that I've said so much on this show that eventually when I do pass away, there's going to be like a national program to be like, let's bury this prick in Mount Isa <laughs> just, just for the hell of it. Oh, he's found the GoFundMe already. <laughs> <laughs> it would, I would be so mad if that, like, I don't oh, even it's, know if it's happening. Surreal. I hope you die first so we can make sure you <laughs> yes. are buried in Mount Isa. It's such a weird position where in his group of friends where it's like, no, no, bro, if you die before us, it'll be heaps funnier than if you die after us. And that's why we hope you go first. Exactly. Like, I know you're an eco-warrior, so we'll plant you in one of those tree pods so you can be the most magnificent tree overlooking Mount Isa. I want to be one of those trees that when it blooms, smell like semen. <laughs> that's fine. But as long as you're that's the, the tallest tree that you can look over the entire valley of Queensland as it burns. And there you go. See, that's Jack. He hates it here. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at this beautiful. He hates it here. <laughs> We have put a nice little memoriam sign on it in the loving memory of Jack, whose favourite place was always looking over Queensland. Yeah, now he you came here for holidays. You can look every down year. on Queensland for the rest of my life. No, I don't think I've got any like micro superstitions like that. Like I don't lock the door in any particular order. I don't do anything like that. But I do believe that luck is something that everybody has. Like I believe luck is quantifiable, and there's different types of luck. So I've never won a stupid, silly prize in anything. Like any, like email in and win a giveaway. I've never won, but I'm also incredibly lucky because I've done some really, really dangerous things that I've walked away from fine. Where Andy's the opposite. Andy's ankle just breaks like four times a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I went to Blink-182 and I wore my knee brace and I was thankful for it. <laughs> because if I hadn't, I wouldn't have been walking. Where, you know we're getting old where you wear the knee brace to sit in the grandstands? I was not. I was standing <laughs> for this one. How was Blink? Sorry, that's a big concert. How's Blink? They are just as good as they were 20 years ago. They're still dick jokes. They're still poop jokes. They've seen two guys walking to the toilet together and they're like, are you two going poopy together? They called them out for leaving. <laughs> it was great. How, and how was the music? Uh, still as terrible as ever. <laughs> <laughs> they call themselves crappy punk rock for a reason. So worth it? Yeah, absolutely. It was fucking great. Because Swift was on the same night. No, too. no, no. So I went the week before Swift. Oh, you went the week before Swift. Did that yeah. get cancelled on Friday? Or no, not? they had, they had no. to evacuate the yeah, floor. Yeah, I saw that. And then the opening act was cancelled. Oh, so they eventually it subsided and then they got to see it. Like, yeah. Could you imagine the shitstorm that would have generated? Oh, like- it would have been so funny. 
They're like, I don't even think the New South Wales Police Force has enough handcuffs to arrest what would happen if they cancelled the show. It was 80,000 people in the stadium. Fuck, there would have been Me. riots. I'm a big fan of Taylor Swift. Is anyone not a fan of Taylor Swift? I mean, like, I'm, yeah. Like, I don't actively go like, oh, new album's coming out, but like... You hear it and you're like, oh, this is pleasant to listen to. The bangers are bangers. Yeah. Love Story? Banger. Banger. Shake It Off? Banger. We're Never Getting Back Together? Banger. Uh, Banger. Blank Space? Banger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Andy's actually just a Swifty. Andy's seen Taylor Swift live before. Yes. I Wait, have. when did you see her live? The Not the last time she was here, the time before I was jobless. So I applied to uh, do tickets. <laughs> tickets <laughs> I was about to sound like if you're jobless and still buying no, tickets no, no, no. to Taylor Swift. <laughs> it's the most go. swifty thing yeah, in the world. Like, that is the most dedicated fan shit. I, I, or, I can actually see the twinkle in your eye now. Whenever you move Swift, do you think of Taylor? I do. When we used to be in Luke's car, the old Swift, I, I really wanted to put it in the But no, yeah, I, I worked the tickets, and then as once I clocked off, I was allowed to watch the show for free. And how would you rate that out of all the shows you've been to, Dio? It's I, pretty fucking high up. She does really good yeah? production value. I was yeah. going to say, I remember this from last time we brought this up. I think it was Formula Bums, because we was around f- the Fernando Alonso dating yes. drama. And I was like, and how was it? And Andy, and I re- think the quote was, he goes, man, it was one of the best live shows I've Ever seen she like, puts on a fucking banger see, show. Like, I, I I have a full belief that there is a definition between going to a concert and going to an experience. Like there are mega stars who it is beyond just going to there for their music. Like you've got play, people like Bruno Mars, The Weeknd, yep. um, mm. Taylor Swift, Kendrick. Even would sit Kendrick one hundred percent when we yeah. went. That was an experience. Um, I reckon Scissor when she comes is that's going to be like they incorporate the actual movements, aesthetics, they have a dance set um, between them and all their different dances. And I reckon it just, you, you can almost justify spending a larger cost understanding that you're coming for not just for the music itself, but what you're going to live is not going to be a common everyday experience. And by missing it, you actually probably have missed out on a piece of great entertainment. There, I agree 100% because there is that level of like, you've got, you've got, Touring bands, which you like, you go see at the pub or at like a small show venue. You've got bigger festival headline bands, sort of like bring me the horizon level where you're like putting it on because they do a big show, like it's a big experience show. I know you're not a fan, they're shit, but it's a big in the metal world, it's an experience. But then you've got like the top of the top, that premiere class, so Metallica, Slipknot, Taylor Swift, like all the big pop guys. Michael Jackson kind of was the big Beatles, and Michael Jackson were the first two that kind of really. It transcended like, oh, we're just going to go sit down and watch music to like, oh, I'm going to go crazy for like three hours with all my best friends, possibly faint, have a mental, mental time. And I can't stand going to those things. I can't, (laughs) I can't, man. It's it's too many people. What if, okay, so this is then the question of what if you're not in the crowd? Are you not happy to be up in, you know, maybe up in the nosebleeds, sitting down Weirdly enough, the older I've gotten, my number one most enjoyable concert experience currently is sitting there with audio taken from the mixer and all the pro shot camera footage is clipped together. You know, kind of like when you jump on MTV and watch the big day out sets, Mm. those versions, that's my absolute favorite time because I've got a nice sound system at home now. So I can just sit back and be like, oh, wave over me. Andy and I go to metal gigs pretty regularly. And, and we, we retired from the pit. Yeah, we we sat in the crowd. It was fine. And it's and you know what though, the it's greatest better. irony of it is, it's a better experience. 
I'm still just as hurt though. <laughs> like, yeah. No, like I fully agree with that because I remember years ago I went to what the Queen experience where they had like Adam Lambert and then the original members of the Queen with her, and like I was up there. I'm talking farthest back you could be, very very top on the seats, kind of off to the right. But it was perfect. Like I got a, the most fantastic view of the stage, saw everything they were doing. The, the quality is still good, no matter where you are. Let's be honest. Like they've got speakers everywhere. I reckon just as long as you're able to see it, you can still just as easily get lost in it. Yeah, I kind of wish I had seats for Blink over being in the pit. Purely because I know the sound would have been better in the seats than it was in the pit. Because the the guitars were overpowering, so you couldn't really hear them singing unless they stopped playing the instruments and had a crowd sing along. It's, It's hard because when you're in the pit, that's the most fun you can have at a show. Yes. Especially... Especially though, and I want to make this clear, is like we grew up in heavy metal pits. Mm-hmm. And they hurt. They hurt, but there's also rules. Yeah. Like, count on your hands how many times you've been intentionally hurt in a heavy pit. Never. Never. How many times you've been intentionally hurt at any other show? All the, All fucking, the fucking time. time. All the time. And this is what kind of bothers the heavy side of the world is it's a controlled form of aggression. Like, that's why we all like going there. In fact, you'll find the best mates ever. There's only one person we've ever not liked at any show we've been to, which is that seven-foot giant who stands in front of Andy every single time we go somewhere. Everyone else is a legend in the in the scene. Fuck that guy. But I want to keep talking music because this is a fun chat. Best and worst concerts because some have been good, but I've been to Ooh. some shockers as well. Best and worst. Best. Best overall experience or just like best atmosphere? Freedom. Freedom. You can have both. I mean, like big day out. One of one of the earlier ones that I went to back in 2013, coming towards the end of the night, like you had first the Killers and then Red Hot Chili Peppers, like <laughs> in st- st- stages next to each other. You know, that's it, pretty good. It, I remember being there with a couple of my mates and like just holy shit, going off some dude in the over 18 areas spraying us with beer, love and lice. God, it fucking tasted terrible. But it was just fantastic. That's an incredible one-two punch. Like, Killers are fantastic live. And Red Hot Chili Peppers are made for live music. They are insane. I, I really couldn't tell you worse. Like, I don't think I've ever had a bad time. I can give you a bad one. I was dragged to San Cisco in 2013. <laughs> my, my then girlfriend, who is... <laughs> is... I'm just going to be. And I mean, this is derogatory as I can be, a San Cisco fan. <laughs> yeah. It, that sucked because I had no idea what the music was. She liked it. And I was like, this is shit house. I'd rather like shit in my hands and clap than stay here. I, I think when we were at uni in Wagga, getting acts to come through was quite a difficult thing. So every yeah, now and then. Wagga. Yeah. Yeah. Every now and then, because Aubrey was pretty good at getting bands through. Yeah. And then that extra 100Ks, a lot of bands would go, oh, well, we did Aubrey, we'll skip Wagga. Yeah, that's um, fair. So we wouldn't... I remember San Cisco did play once at uni and I had zero interest. Like that... I don't know. Do we call it like bubblegum pop almost? Crap rock. Crap rock. Yeah, crap rock. And not like dad rock because dad rock is fucking awesome. Yeah, dad, <laughs> dad rock is awesome. This is crap rock as in 
I'd rather shit in my hands and clap than listen to it. Anyway, massively popular Triple J band, and every campus is a Triple J popular area. It's just the rules. We've aged out of Triple J now. I don't know if you've realized, but we're done. Yeah, it's not our scene anymore. I'm so glad, like... I aged out of that years ago. This this podcast is going to be our record of us turning from young, cool kids into boomers. Like, we have our pre-boomer record started. It's (laughs) happening to us. These episodes... But like I couldn't tell you the day. last time I listened to Triple J. Like I, I don't know. It's never been yeah, a right? level of it's interest nothing, for me. Nothing good's on Triple J. Yeah, nothing so we're good. We're done with that. Anyway, San Francisco's at the uni, and it was packed. I didn't even go, but I remember there was not a, a big incident, but there was some crushing incidents of people up against windows because everyone was trying to pack in so, so in so tightly for San Francisco. It's like, but why? Like, it's not a jump around band. After seeing them, I understand why. Because they're boring people. <laughs> that, that, the, the people who go watch that band are boring. It's a valid, it's a valid response. I, I skipped that one. DZ Death Ray's Plate. I got oh, to hang good. out with them. They were legends. And they're still good. They're still putting out pretty solid rockish style, punkish style albums. Mm. Big fan of them. Worst concert I went to was actually because it was so pitch perfect. It it kind of felt a little bit like a waste of time. I know that sounds weird, but 2013, Soundwave. While you're a big day out, I was, I was there. doing Soundwave. Yep, you were there I too. was there. Bullet, playing in the rain. Didn't see him. Okay. I was uh, Sum 41. Sum 41, middle of the day when that rainstorm came through. I absolutely love that moment. Oh, great. Bullet was playing. Bullet for my Valentine, one of my first get into metalcore yeah, bands yeah, yeah. ever. And they were so pitch perfect, it almost sounded like it was just the album playing and mm. they were miming to it. So it was hard to kind of get into the show because it sounded pitch perfect. And I wasn't in the pit. I was sitting down taking a break in the rain, just being like, I need to relax. Yeah. So I was just kind of, it sounds weird, but it's one of the worst ones I've ever seen because it didn't even feel live. There was no roars. His voice was so good and he barely interacted with the crowd. It almost just was like, oh, they've just put the CD on and they're pretending. I they weren't. I had people there that said the same thing. They were like, yeah, he just didn't interact with the crowd and it kind of sucked. Yeah. Sound-wise, beautiful. Set-wise, perfect. You guys just kind of forgot there was a crowd involved. Like, they're screaming and wanting to be a part of the show a little bit. And then, oh, remember Amity at Good Things? It took him like four songs to get the mics going. That's properly. right, yeah. I Actually, I've got another one for you. There was... um. I went, mm, I think it was 2013 or 2015, Confession played down in Unandera. And the lead singer, Michael Craft, is sitting at the back sign and autographs, selling merch and stuff. They're like, hey, mate, you're going to come do your mic check? Like, he just waves his arm and was like, fuck off, I'm not doing that. Gets on stage, first song, first thing he does, this mic's off. It's like, dude, you, you were asked to do the sound check while I was standing in front of you and you told him to fuck off. What, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, screaming's loud. Yeah, and you couldn't hear him. But you know what? When you run into the situations when that happens mid-act and then you really see if a band's cut out for doing this by how they manage to try and either continue mm. or get this solved. Like, I will admit, there are some bands, and I'll give it to a ballpark music, man. When I saw them recently, they had that exact issue where they were playing so loud, there was a feedback and the speaker exploded. So, <laughs> like, it went <coughs> Not easy to do. Um, and so they were like playing, they had to have it just their band instruments and then like everyone screaming along just to get the ambiance in for about one or two songs before they could finally start kicking stuff back to life. And man, it just, 
I reckon depending on who it is, it can actually be better yeah. when shit fails. When you've got a group of musicians who who at their core want to do the live shows, they're normally the best ones to go and see. Because you get those bands who are like, no, we write our music to play live. And then mm. you get the people who are like, oh, here's our album. And then there's the live show separately. Kind of bands like Every Time I Die who write for live music, they're not together anymore. No. But some of their shows were the most crazy and things would go wrong all the time. But because they're performers, they were like, sweet, we're going to do it this way instead. Or you're going to come up and get involved a little bit more because we can't. We blew something up or our drummer's too drunk and he's had to sleep. Does anyone know our songs? <laughs> yeah, it turns out a lot of people in the crowd know the songs. Foo Fighters are good for that, bringing kids up. Yeah. And when they brought Taylor's son up, yep. that was pretty special. Actually, I've seen a video. They got this random guy in the UK to come up for a song and he played it perfectly to the point where Dave at the end walked up to him. He's like, dude, you're incredible. How do you do this? He goes, I played Guitar Hero. Yep. Like that was it. He's just like, yeah, I play Guitar Hero and I just figured it out from there. And Dave's just like, you're amazing. Shook his hand, gave him a hug, gave him a guitar and sent him on his way. Dave Grohl has managed to just become like, I guess, dad of all rock and roll. Him and Jack Black are like the two dads of rock. Spacious D are playing out here. Yeah, in, in at like, the ICC. In, in like July. one or two months. Oh, July. It's July, yeah. Yeah. So it's funny that you brought him up. Let's just I love Jack Black. Jack Black's fantastic. He's... Everything he's ever done has been pretty cool. Like, School of Rock was... Phenomenal. Foundational in my upbringing. We had that on DVD. I watched that like a hundred times. Such a good movie. And then, you know, he's involved in like Bowser and Jumanji and all those, and I haven't seen any of them, but apparently they're pretty good. It's because of the charisma. It's the reason, He really bleeds charisma. Like, everything he does is just energy. One thing he did that sucked. Oh. King Kong 2005. Oh, the um, the Peter Jackson movie. It sucked. It and was it a wasn't, bad movie. It wasn't Jack Black's fault, but his presence didn't help. I was like nine when I watched that. So yeah, I yeah. can't say I'm gonna have a. I, I tried like to rewatch it. Critique on him. Quite frankly, I I'm not gonna say I, I figured out what his acting is, but if I was a pretentious nine year old like you seem to be for a twelve year old, <laughs> well then I might have a few more opinions. No, I actually <laughs> just tried to rewatch it recently. Has there ever actually been? Now let's talk about movies, right? Because I've seen. Three. Very few movies, but the ones I have you seen... You can count them on your hand. Pretty much, yeah. It's 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 a shocking revelation. You boys are used to it now when people are like, oh, have you seen this culturally relevant film that every human being seen? I'm like, no. But I have seen Napoleon Dynamite 96 times and I can do the whole thing from front to back from memory. Fucking classic. So, on movies, right, because Jack Black was like a photographer kind of thing in that, mm, or yeah, cinematographer. But has there ever actually been a good King Kong movie? Because I swear to God, same with Godzilla, every three or four years, they're like, guess who's back? It's King Kong. And I'm like, we've... Recently, I'm pretty sure. It comes out later this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's like, probably shit. No, no, like, there's been one <laughs> recently, no, I mean, the, the, the um, Kong Godzilla movie. and um, Kong, and hey, people no, loved no, it. That, that movie fucking rips. Okay, so they have managed to finally make it good. Yeah, you make Godzilla fight King Kong and it's fucking awesome. And Who it's all you have to do is make a Kaizo movie and then yeah. it turns out people really enjoy it. Godzilla should win, right? I know no, they're teaming no, up. They end up teaming up to take on a Kaiju. And now they're teaming up again. To take on a big monkey. Yeah, I know, it's a bit... I he's, don't care. I'm still going to pay to watch it. He's not King Kong. No, he's an ape. I get that. Don't even... No, so is the other one. I don't know why he said monkey. I'm pretty sure the other one's an ape as well. Yeah, they're monkeys. Jack? I don't All right, care. fine. They're good now. <laughs> However, history will state that I've been right about every what other about one. What about the original King Kong? 
I've never seen it, bro. Yeah, I've never seen the original. <laughs> well, there's a reason why it kept getting copied. I imagine it was incredible for its time and everyone yeah, Probably loved for it. its time. Because what, it came out in what, the 30s well, or you the can't, 40s? You have to put things in the context of when they released if they were it's good. A val- it's it's a, it is actually a valid point. I'm going to look back at movies made in the 1920s and go, fuck, these suck. There's no voice in it. <laughs> actually, no, in the 20s, there was a voice. I think it was the 9- 1920s is when voice got added. Oh, well, there you go. Because did 18... Casablanca come out in the 20s? Oh, I don't know. 33, man. I think. Either way, How that... do you know when that came out? I don't know. Can He's we Google autistic it? as well. Yeah, right, I'll Google it. I'll Google it. Casablanca is a classic. It's a cult classic. Everyone's like, this is such a good movie. I got 10 minutes into it. I'm like, oh, I can't do It's boring. Oh, that was... Oh, hello. Um, That was Aliens for me. So, Alien. No, we're not going to keep talking. Because this is all good. Yeah, so, I have looked it up, and you're just wrong. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, yeah that happens 1943. Within a decade's yeah, pretty wait, good. So, it, it came out during the war. No, it's not. It came out during the war. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, don't forget, the military was... Hollywood November and the military 26, was... 1942 is when it had a world premiere. Fucking hell. So, before D-Day... But still in the middle, like America's involved at that point too. But to be fair, Hollywood and the military were intrinsically linked during that time because it was a vehicle for American propaganda, mm. recruitment, and fundraising. So yeah, didn't the Nazis do the same thing with their propaganda? Everybody did because it was a genius way. 1927 was the first audio movie released. I knew it was in the 20s. See, that's pretty good. But to be fair, I know it's the end of the 20s. Twi- still in the decade. I said in the 20s. I'm with you. I'm on your team with that. I think I'm that was not. damn Fuck impressive. You. We're both right. Let's go. I I fell asleep a lot during Alien. That was the one that I never could get through. Alien's hard. It's um, good, but it's hard to get through. We my this might be a toxic trait. It may be a red flag. Please let me know. But if there's a movie that a lot of people are talking about and I want to know what happens in it, but I can't be asked watching it, I'll just read the quick synopsis and be like, done. Problem solved. Like, Fucking hell. <laughs> so, like, Game of Thrones. First season, watched it. Awesome, fantastic. Se- second season came around. I went, I just don't have the time for this. So I just started reading episode summaries. I'm like, yeah, that about What do you tracks. mean you don't have the time for this? It was one you hour a week. You to dedicate yourself to anything else anyway, except for what? Mass Effect. Mass Witcher. Effect is really... The, the Witcher. Witcher wasn't out yet. And Josh is correct. Before The Witcher, there was this little game series called Mass Effect, which I may have. Oh, this little indie game series. I don't, don't know, know if you've heard, heard about it, but like, I just think that more people should be playing Mass Effect. My name is Commander Shepard, and this is my favourite podcast on the Citadel. <laughs> Fuck's sake. So anyway. As you're saying. Alien, bit of a drag. However, I'm a sucker for a big dumb action movie. Oh, big dumb action movies are good. Big dumb action movies. You don't have to think. I don't I don't care about plot. Neither. I just want to see massively jacked dudes in the jungle shooting at things. Oh, so you like every rock movie ever. I but I don't like The Rock as an actor. Yeah, he's only ever typecasted already, and I just feel like it's limiting his range because he doesn't want to be anything else. Like I, I'm not, not, I'm not gonna start yeah, I'm not gonna start ragging on him, but this whole Black Adam thing Ugh. being the new face of DC, launching a new era. What whatever happened to that? Nothing, because no one fucking like. What was his name? Zack Snyder. No, no, no. The big old dude of Warner Brothers, the one that's ruining everything for them. Oh, one of the execs. Yeah, uh, it starts with Z, I think. Yeah, Zack Snyder. Snyder starts with an S. 
Yeah, but he's no, 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 no. Zibs. Ah, oh, dude. Let me let me I get. I thought it, up. it was Zach. Zach Snyder no, was I'm, doing all those movies. Yeah, no, but James I'm talking Gunn's above that. To do the new ones. Okay, okay. Look up D. Dumb cunt. <laughs> comics. Executives. I saw, speaking weirdly enough, on superheroes DC, Face Of, and Marvel, I saw an interesting post on Reddit about who is the face of each. And some dude posted, he goes, well, Batman's the face of DC, Spider-Man's the face of Marvel, and Superman's the face of all superheroes in general. Zaslav. Yeah, I was about to yeah. say Zaslav. Fucking Zaslav is running everything to the ground, this dumb bastard. I, I take that. I want you to cut that bit. Yeah. But, like, seriously, people are hating on him. He is making horrible cuts. And let's not forget about the Looney Tunes debacle that's currently happening. Oh, with the he, Acme movie? Yeah, where he cut it to get a tax cut incentive off the government rather than it being shown. It was highly popularized. People put a lot of love and project, um, like, you know, and got into it. They refused to sell it. They so. refused to sell it off to Netflix for more than they would have got for the tax cut because then they know they would have had to spend more paying their actors, screenwriters, animators. I So that explains why I've seen a petition online for Mr. Beast to buy Coyote versus Acme then. Because that's yes. my only knowledge of this whole big drama that's going on is I saw someone be like, Mr. Beast... Please, can you buy this film so we can all watch it? And I was like, huh, something's going on here. <laughs> and I yeah, don't yeah. know what. Now that we're on the topic of Mr. Beast, I don't want this to go for a long time. I, I can't contribute in any way, shape, or form. Just laugh at what I'm about to say then, because the only thing I want to say about Mr. Beast is that fake um, headline that came out afterwards. He did the eye vision surgery for a thousand people. No. Was after recent backlash. Mr. Beast has decided to re-blind a thousand people. Oh my fucking goodness. <laughs> yeah. Just put the needle in the eyes. I mean, on that theory though, this is always a fun thought oh experiment God, to do. Are you about to try and blind people? He's I'm about not. to rip on Queensland again. No, I'm not. <laughs> like, look. No, that's nothing the rest that are blind. Yeah. yeah they're, no, they're not blind, man. Their eyes are fucking painted on something. <laughs> um, if you had to lose one of your senses... I could not go blind. I would actually probably think about ending my own touch. life if I went fully blind. I just get rid of my touch. You couldn't feel like can't feel anything. I can't feel anything anyway. Heat. Dead inside. Heat. You lose your sense of heat. Yeah. So I can't tell if it's hot or not. You guys are idiots. I lose my sense of hunger, but whatever. Jimmy, <laughs> you know like, what do I have to sacrifice? I'd lose tummy cramps when I eat hot chili sauce. <laughs> That's what I'd lose. No, but of the five big ones, I think sense of touch. No, because I need that. Why? So I can feel things. <laughs> it, what, it's taste, sight, is it, hearing. Are we talking touching just a hand or any sort of feeling of any touching of anything against us? Well, what are the big five ones? Is touch, taste, hearing, taste, hearing, sight, and... Audio. Audio. Audio, yeah. Technically, like, proprioception if you want to get wanky with it. Well, I don't care. I get rid of touch. That's the one I don't care about. I fucking have no problem getting rid of taste, if I'm being honest. I like the taste of things. I do yeah. too, but when I when I got COVID, I I had that side effect of losing my taste for like three months. Lucky you. I I handled it pretty well. I was pretty excited. I was like, well, if everything tastes like nothing, then I can just eat the healthiest foods in the world and not have to worry about it. First couple of weeks, a joy. It started to wear off where the only sensation I could feel in my mouth was heat. So I was putting hot sauce on everything just to get some sensation back. I think for me, I'd go sight. 
I like listening to things. I like Do you reckon things. you could go in a world of all black constantly? Mate, I don't know what that side of the fence is like, but I'll tell you one thing. I've fucking seen enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I've seen some shit. But that's always the fun one that gets brought up around like teenage sleepovers. He's like, oh, if you could lose one side, what would you lose? That's what you do. We just knock and run. Yeah, I remember doing knock and run. Uh, I just we got in a lot of trouble though because we decided to do it at ten a.m. in the morning for some reason, and uh, yeah, people saw us. Yeah, brought so like they went to the house that was staying there. Like, did you knock and run? And they're like, did you knock and run in this house five times? <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out they just really didn't like the kid that lived there. Damn. We um we had knock and three step. You'd knock and you had three steps to get out of sight. That was intense. You allowed to jump during one of those steps? Yeah, you, you're only allowed to take three steps and a jump counts as a step. Okay. So a, hog, a frog jump. So we we tried to pick houses we could jump over at least a fence. Yeah. I was going to say, you have to be selective, right? Because I'm just envisioning opening my front door into like this big concrete area out the front of my house and be like, well, there's a motherfucker's right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, Six look at him the- taking the biggest steps possible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just the one knocking that has to take three steps. Everyone else could be yeah, fucked. They fuck off and they're hiding, watching you try like, and hide. It's but, And then you've walked out, like your house has been knocked at and all you've seen some dude go three huge steps and he's just standing there in the middle of your garden. And you're like, what are you doing, kid? Yeah, what are you Still doing? not moving. You missed the spot when you were mowing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, we didn't do that. Out west, because everyone's houses are like fucking kilometers apart. <laughs> so it's like you knock, and then you got to get in the ute to drive to the next house to do it. So, like, you have to steal a car. It's harder to knock around out there. Leaving things at people's doorsteps is a good time. Jesus. Jesus. Leaving things that. Did you like dog poo on fire? No, no, no. Like innocuous things, like a watermelon. You left a watermelon? At someone's it could be anything. It's just it's a it's an object that is cheap, but is also it's the one percent effort that sticks with that person for the rest of their life. Fair enough. Because that's the thing. If you opened your door when there was a knock on that door earlier, instead of Reese walking in, who is our guest by the way? He's fucking late. He's just fucking sitting <laughs> away from us. You look so comfy down there, man. What's going? I don't even have a mic for him because Jack, <laughs> no, I forgot Jack it. left it at home. <laughs> Did you actually? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you open that door, there's just a watermelon there and no one else. You would think about that for the rest of your life. No, I really wouldn't. You wouldn't. Sorry, who here is neurotypical? Reese would think about that for the rest of his life if there was a watermelon out the front. Is it a good watermelon at least? It could be any form of watermelon. I'm not going to lie. Like, if someone dropped me off with like, a really delicious watermelon. Yeah, those things are expensive. I'll be like, actually, I'm going to remember this for a while. I'd be very appreciative. Right? Which went to my... And I've told this on the show we used to do, but... I don't think either of you were on that episode where I told my personal favourite fucking around story I like to do when I'm drinking, which is I like to steal pool balls and put them in unattended handbags. <laughs> because, one, I have a guilty conscience. So the idea of me stealing pool balls from a premises fills me with guilt and concern. So I, I don't have the strength to go through with like actual theft. So I take them Pussy. off the table and then I, I also... Look for someone who's left a handbag on and I'll just slip it. You get number two. You get number eight. Oprah with the fucking pool balls. Everyone gets one. And then my personal favorite enjoyment is sitting back and watching them get ready to leave. Pick up the handbag and leave. I know that I've successfully stolen a pool ball. Two, I'm also innocent because I haven't taken shit. You've just confessed to crimes on camera, on, on audio. It's probably not that like illegal, illegal. And first of all, allegedly. 
And <laughs> then what would happen is they would go home and no one checks their bag when they go home. I'm assuming. I'm not a lady with a handbag. Neither. And none of us really talk to women. Hey, Reese, do girls check handbags when they go home from a night out? Next day, perfect. So Reese, who actually participates in society, Ugh. says they don't check them, which means when they wake up in the morning, they find a pool ball in their bag, and I know deep down in my heart that if there is a man in the house, he's got the blame every single time. Because she'll go, why did you put a pool ball in my handbag? And he'll go, I didn't. And she'll go, oh, do you really expect me to believe that there's some random stranger out there putting pool ball- balls in handbags randomly at night? Yes, now. There is. Me. It's me. <laughs> I'm doing it. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, like. Done it in years. I mean, if we're, we're talking things we've allegedly done. Mine would be liberating traffic cones from their insufferable solitude of having to be outside in the pouring rain. Those poor things, quite frankly, needed a better life. And I thought by repurposing and rehoming them in more opportune and serene areas that they would have a much better life. I, am, I too am a shopping trolley emancipator. Which is that? Emancipator. <laughs> 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 I have a... I think my best with the shopping trolley is when I woke up with a shopping trolley in my university dorm room on the second story of, of, the, of the dorm, which means at about 3 a.m. I'm dragging a fucking trolley up a set of concrete stairs in a building for some god unknown reason. Hell of a noise. Andy, what have you allegedly done? I don't know what I have allegedly done. Because I just woke up one morning and there was a traffic cone in my room. Don't know how I got there. It was just there. Pretty windy. Must have blown in. That's yeah, what I thought. I actually think it might have grown legs and walked into. It was your one room. of the ones that were. Was it the? You know how that those those construction areas and they take the cones in because they've got the cones out to block traffic for a little bit and they take them in at night. Yep. Yeah, it was one from one of those places apparently. So I, I, apparently someone has allegedly jumped the fence, taken a cone, and put it in my room. While I was sleeping. Every now and then they leave the keys. Yeah, they left the keys with it as well. Yeah, no, they leave the keys for like the um what are the little bulldozer things called? Bobcats. Thanks God. From the Bobcats. <laughs> Every now and then apparently I've had friends tell me that sometimes the keys will still be in the Bobcat. And allegedly very easy to drive. For a short amount of time. Did your friends give you a recount of what happened during this? Did they say that you're a big boy now? I'm a big boy! <laughs> um, let's... I guess the best way to sum up what happened is... I think with that group of people who did this... When it turned on, there was that very sobering realisation of like... Okay, we've done little crime... Do we now do, like caveman theory, do we now do big crime? <laughs> and then we all went, uh, not we, they, they all they went. All went <laughs> they, everyone they. there said they all went. They allegedly went. <laughs> Maybe this is a bad idea. Why don't we just do a donut? Do a little quick drive. Just a little quick, just be forward and back and then turn it off and we all go home. They all go home, <laughs> and then it's all good. So nothing, nothing came of it. The decision was made to not do big crime, just do little crime. And that's why I just could never quite get through the, the first inning of Alien, I guess, hey? 
Fucking hell, that, that comes back to that. That's really, and it was just, it kind of never captured me, I guess. <laughs>